novice from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 81. It's been a few weeks since I made my last podcast, so I must have a lot of things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about our recent holiday, how we went away and strengthened family bonds. And I have two unschooling-type stories to tell you to do with our holiday. Things that I was thinking about while I was watching my girls splashing in the waves of the lake. They were to do with parents' fears. How our fears can hold back our kids. Also, are we adventurous and daring parents? Or have we forgotten how to have fun? And I've just got some general news to share as well. So, into this episode. Why has it been so long since I last recorded a podcast? I guess I've been asking the question, what am I supposed to be doing? I've talked about this topic in recent podcasts. Have I come to the end of my sharing of unschooling? Have I run out of stories to tell? Has it become a little bit unexciting? Do I want to move on to other things? I've been feeling really unsettled about the whole thing. Is it time to give up blogging? Is it time to stop podcasting? It's been going around and around in my head as I've been trying to consider it from all angles and try to make a decision. And then the other week, maybe a week or two ago, it suddenly occurred to me that I was thinking about the wrong problem. The basic problem isn't whether I should be sharing the unschooling story. The basic problem is, have I been spending enough time with my family? In particular, have I been spending enough time with my husband? Because of course I spend a lot of time with my girls each day, doing our unschooling adventures, making videos, if I didn't spend time with them, I wouldn't have anything to share on my blog or in my podcasts. But have we been spending enough time as a family? Have we got the right balance? Now it's very easy for us to let our family lives drift, for us all to move apart slowly. It happens so slowly that we don't really recognize what's happening. But one day we wake up and think, hey, things aren't quite right. Is there anything we should be doing about it? I guess that's the point that we got to maybe a couple of weeks ago, recognizing that we haven't been putting the effort in. We've all certainly been very busy, all doing worthwhile things, but in a sense, my husband's life and mine have been moving in parallel. We haven't overlapped very much recently. My husband goes out to school in the morning, has long hours away from us. We do our unschooling stuff at home. We meet up again in the evening. How is your day? We swap a few facts. But we hadn't been delving deeper. Not really talking about things of importance. And when we don't do this, when we don't spend time working on our family relationships, everything else falls apart. I think those relationships are the basis of everything that happens in our lives. That love and connection overflows into everything we're doing. Nothing else can take the place of it. And so, of course, all the work that we're doing, whether it's online, blogging or podcasting or doing things at school, whatever we are doing, 
there is something missing and maybe if we go back to basics, work on our family relationships, then everything else in our lives will fall into place. We'll feel peaceful about everything else we're doing. Well, that's just some of the thoughts that I had. I began to think about what I used to do with my husband because recently I haven't spent a lot of time with him. But in the past, we have worked on a number of projects together, had lots of things to talk about. I've spoken in previous podcasts about how important it is to work together as a family. And we have done this a lot in the past. And it has really strengthened our relationships, brought us closer together. But yeah, we haven't been doing a lot of that recently. So I was thinking, what did we used to do? Well... Apart from all the projects we used to work on together, we used to do things like read books together. We'd choose one book and then read it out loud and discuss it and learn together from it. We always ended up with lots of things that we could talk about and we used to enjoy doing this. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done that. So I said to my husband, Andy, how about we read a book together? Instead of just going out for coffee and talking chit-chat, let's read a book chapter by chapter, discuss it together, have some proper conversation. And so Andy was agreeable. He said, why don't you choose a book? But before I actually got round to choosing a book, I stumbled across a new website that I've really been enjoying. And that's Michael Hyatt's website, michaelhyatt.com. He writes blog posts and he also has a podcast I scrolled through the podcast list and found a number of episodes that looked really interesting. He speaks and writes about work and also family life because the two have to be in balance for us to lead a profitable, successful and happy life. I think that our work life and our family life have been out of balance and I found a podcast episode that addressed that topic. So I said to Andy, how about we both listen to this podcast during the week and then on Saturday morning, let's go to a cafe, have coffee and discuss what we were listening to. And so that's what we did. But before I left home, I actually printed off the transcript of the podcast so that we wouldn't forget the main points of what we'd listened to. We sat in the cafe with our coffee, shared a cake. I spread out the sheets of paper in front of us. My husband had a notebook and a pen, and we read and discussed and jotted down notes, things that we wanted to investigate further, resolutions that we wanted to make about our lives. And it was a very profitable morning. We really enjoyed talking together, and I feel that we learnt something, and that we, as I said, made some resolutions, things that we could work upon. Now, I don't think there's anything too wrong with our relationship but like everything else relationships need work and recently we haven't been putting any work into ours so i said to andy how about we do this on a regular basis listen to a podcast and then have coffee and discuss it so that's what we're going to do Now, the other thing we did recently was go away on a family holiday. We got away from the internet and all its distractions, email and blogs and podcasts, school things. 
and we spent five days together with our girls. Well, with our youngest girls, our young adults, Imogen and Charlotte, and Sophie, who is 15, and Gemma Rose, who is 12. We got away from our usual routine and went somewhere that we could relax and enjoy each other. We actually went to a place called Swan Lake, which is a saltwater lake on the south coast of New South Wales, the state that we live in in Australia. Now, we'd been to Swan Lake before. Five years ago, we had a family holiday there, stayed at a lovely cottage, and had a great time. And so, when we were thinking about where we should go for this holiday, I suggested that we go back there again. We knew the cottage was a nice place. We could take our dog with us. It was pet-friendly, and that was a big thing. We didn't want to leave our dog behind. Last time we went on a holiday, we left her in the dog kennel, and she wasn't happy at all. We weren't happy with the way she was treated. When we came home, it took her a few days to get over being away from us. And so we thought, look, we want to go somewhere we can take Nora with us. We want to enjoy her on our holiday as well. And she did enjoy our holiday. She had a fantastic time. So we went away to Swan Lake last Monday. We were hoping for good weather. It's been quite cool here. Spring really hadn't arrived by the time we went on holiday. But the day that we went, the sun shone, and we were hoping that the temperatures would rise. Well, they did. The only problem was a cold wind blew in, which rather spoilt things in a way, because the girls had been hoping to go kayaking, and conditions on the lake weren't very good for kayaking. I don't think that they would have kept control of the kayak if they'd gone out on the first three days of our holiday. And as the days went by, I was really, really hoping just for one day, one calm day, when the girls could take the kayak out. And that happened on the Thursday, so we were all happy by the end of the holiday. That one day was fine. It was enough. But despite the cold wind, my girls were determined to go swimming in the lake. They'd been looking forward to the holiday, we don't often go to the coast, we do live away from it, and nothing really was going to stop them from getting into the water. They were a lot more brave than I was because I didn't get into the water. Actually, I don't think Imogen, my 21-year-old, was going to go in either. She went down to the lake with younger sisters Sophie and Gemma Rose, and they were in their swimwear, and she just went down in her shorts. I think she just thought she would get her feet wet. But the girls were having so much fun that she decided that she would take off her hoodie, dive into the water with the girls in her shorts and t-shirt. As she said, clothes will dry, Mum. I'm getting in in the water and I'm going to have some fun. The water actually wasn't as cold as they expected. It was colder sitting on the shore. But as the girls were in the water and the waves were really quite choppy, it was quite a lot of fun for them because they got tossed all over the place had to work hard to keep in one area. They kept getting moved down the, the coast or down the shore of the lake and they were in danger of being knocked off their feet a number of times. And as I was watching them, memories of them being younger and being scared for them in the water sort of surfaced in my mind. I know that if the girls had been younger, I probably would have been thinking, I wish the girls would come out of the water. It's too dangerous in there. My fears would have stopped my girls having a wonderful time. 
And was there any real reason to fear anyway? Yes, the water was choppy, but the waves were heading towards shore. If the girls got knocked off their feet, they would just be swept into shore. It wasn't as if they could be swept out to the open sea. The lake does open to the sea, but we weren't anywhere near the inlet. And regardless of the choppy water, all my girls are very good swimmers. They've had years and years of lessons. Each one jumped into the water fully clothed when they were a toddler and learnt how to float on their backs and to wait for help. So my fears would have been groundless, even if my girls had been younger. So why do we worry? Why would I worry about my children not being able to cope in wild water? Well, it wasn't that wild, but you know, water that was rather choppy, winds that were strong. Why would I be worried about it? I came to the conclusion that my fears come from my own experiences. I'm not a strong swimmer myself. My experiences of swimming as a child are associated with very negative and unpleasant memories. Sometimes I think that we fear for our children because of our own fears, our own experiences. Our children aren't us. I think we forget this sometimes. We let our own fears affect the way that we think about our children. We are tempted to hold tightly to control. We feel that we have to keep our kids safe because of our fears. But those fears usually are groundless. As I said, our children are not us. They're quite capable, most times, of dealing with whatever situation they are in. And so it was, on this particular day at the lake, my girls had a fantastic time in the water. And that time was enhanced because of the wave conditions. It wouldn't have been the same if the water had been calm. No, they had an adventurous and daring time. And they stayed safe at all times. I didn't have to get in there and rescue them, though I think that they are more capable of saving themselves than I am of saving them. As my husband said as he was watching them, I hope I don't have to jump in and save them. And as I said to him, they are more capable of saving themselves than we are. There's no reason for us to even think about jumping in. Being daring and adventurous. I was thinking about this at another time during our holiday. On the second day, we were sitting on the shore of the lake on the sand and the girls were making a sand castle together. Andy said to me, Are they ever going to grow up? Are they going to be making sand castles forever? I could tell that he was joking because he was smiling, but it's a typical thing that most people would say. Is it normal activity for young adult children to be making sand castles? I told Imogen later what Andy had said, and she said, If growing up means that I can't make sandcastles and do other fun things, then I never want to grow up. No, I am not going to grow up. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and watch people having fun. I want to participate. I want to be adventurous and daring. That's the kind of adult I want to be. And I think she's quite right. 
Why should adults grow to a state where they're just participators in life? Why should they have to lose their sense of childish fun? Why shouldn't we do things that kids like to do? So many adults do give up being adventurous. They maybe grow old before their time. This reminds me of another story, a running one. I think I've probably told this in an earlier podcast, but I shall just briefly tell it again because it does illustrate a point. It was a few years ago. We went to a homeschooling camp, and on one of the afternoons, there was a sports carnival. There were races for all the children, and also races for the mums and dads. And my children said to me, "Mum, you're going to run in the mothers' race, aren't you?" And I wasn't sure about this. I said, "I don't think so." And they said, "Oh, Mum, you must, you must." I looked at all the other mothers sitting on the sidelines, and I knew that they wouldn't be running, or、well, most of them wouldn't be. And when the time came for the mothers' race, yes, not many of them got up. Most of them folded their arms and refused to move. And I wanted to stay with them too. My girls kept on saying, "Mum, Mum, you must run." I said. Look, I'm not dressed properly. I'm wearing a long skirt and boots. That's not running gear. And my girls looked very disappointed. And I thought for a moment, and then I said, "Okay, I'll run." So I got up to the starting line with a few other mothers, the other daring mothers. The race started, and we all started running. And I felt the wind going through my hair, and I liked the feeling. I thought, "Wow." This is wonderful. I haven't run for years. Maybe if I run fast enough, I'll even win this race. And then all of a sudden, everything went wrong. My feet slipped out from underneath me, and I fell splat on the ground. Some of the mothers ran past me. A few jumped over me, and one mother stopped and helped me up. And she led me back to the sidelines, where my family gathered around me. Are you all right, Mum? Are you hurt? They brushed me down and set me down on one of the chairs, and I turned red and I felt so embarrassed. I thought, "Was everybody watching me? Did they see me go splat on the ground?" And I said, "It was my boots. I wasn't wearing the right footwear."、And、I tried to make excuses for myself, and it probably was the boots. I vowed that I'd never run another race. Anyway, my girls said to me. Mom, we're so proud of you, and I said, "Why?" I just fell over. I didn't win the race, and they said, "Mom, you are willing to give it a go. Look at all the other mothers who weren't willing. They just sat on the sidelines. At least you tried, and that made all the difference." I thought, "Yeah, I could be daring and adventurous. Does it matter what other people think? Does it matter that I fell over? That I made a mistake? My kids think I am amazing." I need to be a good example for them, and so I vowed that I would continue running, and I would come back another year, and I would win the mothers' race. Well, I went on to become a runner. I didn't ever win the mothers' race because the only other time that I went to camp and went into the race, well, the rain washed the race out, and when the rain stopped, I forgot to come back. I got too busy talking with a friend. And the race was over before I knew it. I'd missed my chance. 
but one day maybe i will run in another mother's race doesn't matter whether i win or not all that matters is being adventurous being willing to give the things a go to try things not to worry about what other people think and i turned that running story into a chapter of my new children's novel the angels of gumtree road mrs angel learns to be an adventurous and daring mother just like me there's also two other chapters in that book about our swan lake holiday the one we had five years ago so much happened on that holiday that i wanted to record those events in my stories there's a kayaking story of when Andy and two of the girls, I think it was Charlotte and Gemma Rose, they went out on the lake on the kayak, and the kayak got overturned when a motorboat came by, produced a huge wave, turned the kayak over, and they all ended up in the lake. The girls went down, down through the cold water, came back up again. There was no need to worry about them. They knew how to survive in water. They were soon back on the kayak, and Andy was pulling them back through the water to shore. Made a good story. Also, Mrs. Angel, in my story, she decided to go cycling. She wasn't a cyclist, just like she never used to be a runner. But she decided that she would give it a go. She got on the bicycle, felt a little bit scared, was cycling along, suddenly wondered, how did, how did bikes stop? How was she going to get off? But before she could apply the brakes, she actually fell off into a bush. Luckily, she had a soft landing, and she ended up laughing about it with the rest of the family. Well, I did the same thing on my holiday five years ago. But back to our present Swan Lake holiday. While we were at the lake, we decided to film two new music videos for my daughter Imogen. It seemed a perfect opportunity to film some songs in a new location. We filmed one song on the shores of the lake early in the morning, and the other we filmed on the veranda in the garden of the cottage, because the cottage has a wonderful garden. Lots and lots of plants and interesting things hanging from trees, very lush and green, very different from our own garden. Being a coastal garden, they had plants there that we don't have at home because we have more cold weather plants up in the highlands. Now the first song that Imogen recorded, the one she recorded on the beach, is called Fight Song. I hadn't heard it before. I don't think anybody else had as well. And while we were listening to Imogen singing it and while sister Sophie was recording the video, Andy, my husband, and Gemma Rose were listening very carefully to the words. And they ended up making up actions to go with the words. They became a little bit silly. That's sort of normal behavior while we're filming music videos. Everybody does silly things while Imogen is trying to be serious and sing her song. It's just a good job that our behavior doesn't put her off. She's very focused. She's learnt to cope with distractions. She continues singing. Sophie sometimes leaves the camera and joins us in doing silly things. We have a lot of fun while we're recording. Afterwards, when the filming was over, we went back to the cottage to have our breakfast and we were talking about how the shoot had gone. 
and we were laughing about how Gemma Rose and Andy had done all these actions to the words. And I said, what Imogen needs is a backing group, a backing dancing group that could do the actions for her while she's singing. We could all line up alongside her and enhance her video by doing some actions. I was sort of joking. She doesn't need us at all. But our actions would make her video into a very silly one. And then I said to the girls and Andy, why don't we do a silly video? Why don't we go out into the garden and record the video again? This time with us spread out on either side of Imogen, she can sing her song as she normally does and we'll do the dancing in the background. So everybody thought this was a good idea. Imogen's a good sport. She didn't mind us making fun of her video. Andy and Gemma Rose taught us all the actions, refined a few of them. We had a few practices. We went out into the garden. Sophie recorded us a new video with us as the backing group. I don't think our actions were very good. We kept forgetting them. We were out of sync with each other. But I don't think it mattered. It was a lot of fun. So I think Sophie's going to edit that video. Maybe Imogen will use it as an extra video on her YouTube channel. Her silly family getting in on the action. But I hope you'll watch out for the real video, Fight Song. I'm recording this on Monday and on Wednesday week. I think that video will be up on her YouTube channel, Imogen Elvis. The second song she recorded is an a cappella song, The Parting Glass. A cappella is something new that Imogen is trying. She really loves the musician Peter Hollands, and that's his speciality. It's amazing what can be done just with the human voice. As I said, we recorded that video in the cottage garden and on the veranda. We recorded that video on the same day as the other one, two videos in one day. It was a lot of hard work. Because the garden had a lot of shade, we were able to record that one later in the day. We didn't necessarily have to film it in the early morning light. So that was our holiday. Five days away, away from the internet, spending time with each other, drinking coffee, chatting about things of importance, reflecting on life, just having fun, being silly, doing all the things that strengthen family bonds. So I hope we've come back and that the fruits of that week away will last us a long time. Already we're planning another holiday together. I think it's important to have time away from our usual routine, especially away from the internet. And we decided that we have to keep making the effort to get together during the term time, to talk about things that matter, to do things together, like listening to podcasts, going for walks, enjoying each other's company, forgetting about our usual work, not letting that intrude upon our conversation. But we're home now, back to my online life. I do feel a lot more peaceful about it. I'm trying to just do what I can, put family first and then see what else fits into my life. Keep a good balance between my online life and my family life. Not worry about having to keep up all the time. I have kind friends. I know sometimes I disappear for a while, but they always seem to be there 
when I return, they're always happy and encouraging. Whenever I make another podcast episode, whenever I write a blog post, whenever I make a video. Yes, I don't have to be very popular. I don't have to go out there and fight to be competitive. I'm just going to do what I can do. And one of the things that I have done recently, I did it the week before we went away on holiday, was make some more videos for my YouTube channel, Sue Elvis. I hadn't made any for a while, and I certainly hadn't done any sitting in front of the camera, vlogging type video making for a, for a long time. I made those It's Not a Periscopes with Sophie behind the camera. I think I made four of those maybe a couple of months ago. But I hadn't made any where I just sat down by myself in front of the camera and talked about a particular topic. Yes, it had been a long time since I'd done that. Somehow I had a number of new YouTube subscribers over the past month or two and I thought to myself, well, new subscribers will expect new content on my YouTube channel. Perhaps this is the perfect opportunity for making some new videos, for doing something different for a change. Because I was talking about telling the unschooling story in different ways. I can't keep on using the same words and repeating the story over and over again in the same way. It needs to be more exciting than that. Come at unschooling from different angles. Keep it alive and exciting for myself, as well as for listeners, viewers, and readers. So I began to wonder, can I make videos using my blog posts and parts of my podcasts as a starting point? And so I thought, yeah, I'll try that out. So I sat down one day. Sophie helped me set up some lights and the camera. She has some wonderful lights for her photography and her video making. And she said, Mom, I'll set them up for you. Let's make your videos look good. So that's what she did. Set everything up for me, then left me to it. I must admit that it took me rather a long time to get the first video made. I kept starting and stumbling and making mistakes and starting the camera all over again. But eventually I got back into the swing of talking to myself or talking to the camera and the words started to flow and I felt more comfortable. And I ended up over a two-day period making ten videos. I talked about all kinds of things. Popular things like chores, radical unschooling, Facebook. I talked about how worry can get in the way of loving our kids how our worries can affect our children, how sometimes they can feel that they are a problem to us. I talked about Evernote. I talked about how we can make an unschooling plan for homeschool registration purposes, because that can be very difficult. How do we make a plan of what our children will be learning for a certain time period when we don't know what our children will be interested in from week to week, from month to month, we certainly don't know what they will be wanting to do in a year's time. But the educational authorities do want to see a plan. They want to know what our children will be learning or what we will be teaching them. So I shared an idea in one of my videos. I talked about my unplanning notebooks. I also made a video about parenting teenagers, how I don't make rules, 
This is a topic that we've been discussing in our Not So Proper Unschoolers Facebook group. We had some good discussion about that topic. Quite a lot of people stopped by and added a few thoughts and shared some experiences. I also made a video about music videos, Imogen's ones, and a dog story. We saw this unschooling dog while we were recording a music video. That's all I shall tell you about that. You can read the full story on my blog or go over to my YouTube channel and watch the video. It's about trust, kids, and dogs. How we can trust kids and dogs. I think that's the title. So I've been making videos. I still have a few of those videos to edit and upload to YouTube. I think I've posted four so far. That means there's another six to go. And I've got plans to make more. So if you'd like to watch those videos and you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, I invite you to go over to it, Sue Elvis. I'd really love to see you over there. So what else has been happening with my blogging and everything? Well, I wrote a blog post about guest posts. I'd really love to post other people's articles and stories on my blog on a regular basis. It would give my readers another angle to unschooling. I'm sure they would love to hear unschooling from other families' points of view. So I invite you, if you do feel like writing a guest post for my blog, to come over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and read that post about guest posting. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Have a read of it, see what it's all about, and if you feel that you would like to write something for my blog, please contact me either via a blog post comment or on Facebook, or you could email me as well. I would really love to have your contribution. So far, I've had a contribution from a blogger called Hamilton Carter. He wrote a very amusing story about babies and bombs. Gave me a big giggle. Also gave my readers a big giggle. It had some good feedback. And then next week, I have a guest post written by an unschooling teenager. He has written about his typical unschooling day. My daughter Sophie has also written on that topic as well, so I'll post her article at some point as well. I have a number of unschooling teenage friends. Maybe I can get some more posts on that topic. I always think it's lovely to get contributions from young unschoolers as well as parents. Sometimes I think we forget to listen to our unschoolers. We don't ask them how they're feeling, what works for them, how they learn best, what they're interested in. We have our own ideas. We talk to other mothers, other fathers. We read books about unschooling. We read blogs about unschooling. But sometimes I think that we learn the most when we stop and talk to our own unschoolers. So I do this a lot. I will start a conversation. I will say things like, Hey girls, what do you think about rules and teenagers? And then I'll sit back and I'll listen to their opinions. And always they have wonderful things to say. Yes, we can learn a lot from our own children. I hope to post other guest posts from my children. I haven't done this before, but somebody on Facebook suggested that I ask my children to write things for my blog. I know I could ask Charlotte to write something about essay writing. Charlotte's my university student. She's studying a 
digital design degree. She's coming up to the end of her first year. And Charlotte never wrote a single essay before she went to university, before she started her tertiary studies. A lot of people say that we should get our kids into the practice of writing essays before they start university. They should learn the technique of essay writing just in case they need it for university. But we didn't do this with Charlotte. She learned to write essays just as she was starting her degree. So how's she going? Well, so far, all her essays have got a mark which is a high distinction mark, 85% or more. She's doing really well with the essay writing. Now, she was a writer as a younger unschooler, never essays, but she liked to write novels. And most of her writing was novel writing, writing that I never even saw. She'd do NaNoWriMo, write 50,000 words, but I would never read her novels. She just did them for herself, just for her pure enjoyment. I guess that was enough. So I think that it is more important for kids to enjoy writing, to write what they want to write, rather than for us to drill them in such things as essay writing. Essay writing is just a technique which can be learned at the right time. The most important thing is that our children, if they like writing, that we let them write in the way that they enjoy the most. Everything else will fall into place at the right time. I guess I could ask Imogen to write about her experiences of being a young adult who is following her dreams because, of course, she is pursuing her dream of becoming a successful online musician. She has learnt so much in the past year since she started to follow that dream. I interviewed her when she finished her degree almost a year ago. I talked to her about her plans for the coming year. I think it would be interesting for her to tell us what she has learnt and where she is at the moment, how far she has come and where she still wants to go. So I hope that would be a topic that people would like to read about. Maybe I could also do a podcast with her. She hasn't been on my podcast for a while. So that's a few things that's going on with my Stories of an Unschooling podcast, YouTube channel and blog at the moment. I hope to be more regular with making my podcasts. I sort of slip out of the habit of doing it, other things come along. But I have missed talking to everybody. So yes, I hope to be more regular. Perhaps there's something that you would like me to talk about on my podcast. I always like to hear suggestions because I do run out of ideas of my own. So if you do have something, there's a topic that you would like me to explore to share our family's experiences of, then please let me know via a comment on my blog or you could go over to Facebook. As I said, we have our Not So Proper Unschoolers Facebook group. It's growing day by day. I'm really quite amazed at how many people are asking to join the group. It seems like every day there's several people who are waiting to join. It's really lovely to see that there are so many people interested in unschooling. So if you would like to join us on Facebook, please do come over to the Not So Proper Unschoolers Facebook group. And while you're on Facebook, 
why don't you stop by my page, my Stories of an Unschooling Family Facebook page. So here I am at the end of another podcast episode. I'd like to thank you for listening. I would like to encourage you to be adventurous and daring. Have a wonderful week and until next time, trust, respect and love unconditionally. Thank you.